Hello and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm your co-dad, Ben Slinger. And I'm your other co-dad, Trevor Scott. And what did you get up to this week, Trevor? Well, um, at work, I've just found out last week that I've gone 10 years with the same company. Wow. So that's pretty big, given that I usually sort of stay at a place and leave pretty quickly. But the difference is because I'm with a consulting company, I yes, I go out and I leave clients very quickly, but I stay with the same company. So I've just made it to the point where I now get long service leave and mm-hmm. all those lovely sort of things. But the other cool thing that we that we get is we get a thousand dollar gift card for ten years. So nice. I went shopping. <laughs> Um, I went out and I bought myself a GeForce GTX 1060 rather than the 1070 because mm-hmm. I thought, well, I can save myself 200 bucks. And upgraded then I went out and bought, yes, upgraded the rig, and I bought a whole heap of games, and still have 300 dollars left. So I had a pretty good week. Excellent. New toys. New toys are always good for our dadly pursuits. In the family side of the dad part, mm-hmm. um, there's been some kind of funny things going on with with the young mister. Yeah. He had his other uh, session today with the, I think it's an occupational therapist or something like that. Um, yeah. And they were just doing a, a couple of little uh, conversations with, with James and seeing what his speech was like and then seeing how his fine motor skills were, were and his gross motor skills and there are some concepts that he still can't get but we're gradually... Gradually working through them, but I thought the funniest, the funniest thing out of all of it, mm-hmm. um, they they asked him if he was a boy or a girl. Okay. Now, he said, "Yeah." <laughs> okay. Now, in a logic sense, that actually is yeah. perfectly fine yes. because He's it's a boy or is a he girl. a boy or yes. a girl? Yes, I am one that of those. is. True. So in a logic sense, you know, he's doing fine, but you know, in a literal. Um, since he doesn't quite get the idea of boy and girl. So I mean, is that something you've more. talked about much with him? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. Like, he hasn't really been asking, you know, where's mummy's penis and <laughs> those sort of things. Yeah. And he Taz doesn't have a sister or anything like that. Yeah, so that's the thing with the sisters. Like, Taz has been... Taz was saying that just today. Daddy and me have a penis. You, you and the girls don't. You have a vulva. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I mean, that's interesting as well. Like, obviously, I mean, kids at that age don't really have a, a gender identity, really. I mean, even Taz, Taz and uh, like the girls obviously don't, but Taz and James, you know, they, they don't really have a gender identity at this point. No. Um, really. Like, it's, it's, I'm sure certain social things are starting to have their effect on them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a, a totally reasonable answer to that question for a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> for a three-year-old. Yeah. And I thought, you know, there's a future developer or tester there, you know, getting the logic <laughs> getting in there the very right. very quickly. It that's was the right. right answer. If it was a no, then that's, that's you know, that's just failed the logic circuit. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you get up to this weekend or this last week? Um, yeah, well, I've had, I've done a lot of, done my share of, of the parenting this week, um, just because for various reasons, um, I've had the kids by myself, so... That's been good. Some quality time 
here and there. I had the kids this morning because well, Erica had a meeting. So very nice. Got the girls down for their morning nap and had some nice time with Taz as we built uh, built towers out of Duplo because he wants to build the the tallest tower in the world. And uh, he's pretty good with that. You know, he's pretty good at balancing stuff. He's got a ta- he's got a tower on the kitchen table at the moment which he built mostly by himself and it's it's mm-hmm. taller than him like even when he's standing on the kitchen table so <laughs> which he had to do to try to build it <laughs> but uh yeah and then on the weekend I, I had them for a bit too just because different things going on um and yeah i mean the the big sort of family news this coming week is that my mother-in-law is flying in on thursday so that will be good. She hasn't seen the kid. Well, I mean, she's seen the kids on Skype, but she we, she hasn't seen them in person for six months or so, or eight months, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, so that'll be good, and it will also mean that we might get a little bit more sleep because we'll have someone to look after the kids in the morning. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's about it on on my part. I do remember seeing something on Facebook about an indoor play center. Yes, that's true. So, how did everything go there? Um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. They always have a have a blast there. This place called Ace Space that just has these big slides and different toys for the kids to play on. So Taz basically just goes off by himself, and you occasionally see him come down a slide, <laughs> run past. There was one moment he ran past. He doesn't play with the other kids. He just plays by himself. Yep, and he just ran past, going ah 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 ah, ah, ah and then went back up didn't even stop to say like say anything to us he just he is just letting letting off steam mm-hmm. so i've heard of quite a few places have have different systems to stop kid kids from leaving with other with other parents do they have something mm-hmm. similar there uh not specifically that like they just there's a gate that kids can't get out by themselves but that's about mm-hmm. it um yeah, I think it's just sort of left up to the parents to make sure that they only let their kids out the gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I haven't haven't heard that they had any problems. So I know that one that Bianca went to a little while ago actually had like a wristband that you and your kid wore, and they only let um, kids with matching wristbands huh. leave. So, so you couldn't have someone come in and and. Um, you know, take Leave your kids. With your kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm sure it's not a huge problem that they have that they need to really secure it down that much. But I guess no. But you can sort of. You can certainly that. see that in this day and age that you know some some places don't want to <laughs> don't want to get in trouble for doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny. Like you say, this day and age, I don't think there's any higher incidence of you know kidnapping or or child abuse or anything like that but it's more it's reported well it does well it's just it's that i think there's just more fear about it like right like we sort of are living in this age of the media you know blasting fear into everybody's faces every second of the day the internet and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so yeah i mean there is this fear of the stranger coming to take your child but like that's just that's not really what happens statistically the no. people who take children are family members anyway, so they'd probably have a matching wrist, wristband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with, you know, the not-so-recent 60 Minutes case with um, people travelling 
you know, to a different con- country, and the mother trying to take the take the children back. Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't really follow that, but something about like was it like Channel Nine organized the the re kidnapping or something or yeah, <laughs> which know. um if they actually checked into you know the the local law, like <laughs> the local law actually says that you know the the mother pretty much has no no rights in that respect mm. now whether that's right or wrong you got to respect the local law you know it's it's just like you'd expect the same thing to happen if you were here um yeah we can, I we mean, can get into i don't into the the whole the whole thing about laws but i if mean you yeah, some countries <laughs> have, have some fucked up laws i again I, I don't know the situation well enough to really comment on whether what they did was morally <laughs> morally sound or or not but Either way, they ended up in in jail, right. and um, they were finally released with with no charges. But um, they sort of came back, and I believe a few producers had their had their heads rolled. Yeah, it's like of, I course, bet. of course the reporters who probably organised the whole thing, or the journalists, mm. <laughs> you know, they're probably safe because you know they're talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of messed up. So I, we don't really have a topic to talk about this week, but I thought we do. We do have our rando episode segment, so let's perhaps go into that first. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and then maybe we'll come up with something else to discuss later on in the show. Yes. So this week, as we mentioned on the last episode, we watched season two, episode ten of The Librarians, mm-hmm. a show we know nothing about, as this segment is. As as is the purpose of this segment. So, Trevor, initial thoughts before we sort of go into a bit of a synopsis and discussion. Yes, um, that's that's right. We are going to do things a little bit differently this this time, rather than just ramble through the whole thing scene by scene. Um, we've gone at it a little bit different. Like we're going to give a synopsis first, very quick synopsis, and then dive into dive into the parts that we we either had comments about or. We want. We thought. Yeah, worth definitely dis- worth required discussing. more discussion. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, unlike the previous episodes, I kind of enjoyed this. It was actually pretty funny. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it too. I was I was surprised. So I thought, okay, this is not where I thought this was going, and then something popped into my brain that I kind of. Somewhere in the back of my brain, I must have known that I'd like this, and I'm sending you a a, a picture now. Okay. Of some DVDs that I own. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blu-rays. Wait so you'll you'll see them come up. <laughs> um. Okay. It turns out that I actually have the first three movies that this this TV show is based off. It's just right. I haven't I haven't watched them in a long time. Okay, so this is not a complete rando episode, though. It, it was a subconscious uh, choice by you. Very subconscious, because I had absolutely no idea that they'd even made a TV series on yeah. this show. So just just for the audience, yes, he's sent me yeah, a, a Blu-rays of The Librarian, Quest for the Spear, The Librarian 2, Return to King Solomon's Mines, and The Librarian 3, Curse of the Judas Chalice. Uh, which he owns and thus yes. has some ideas of this show previously. 
And it it was literally when I saw the the opening scene of the show, and I'm like, I recognise that guy. Mm. <laughs> and then it just all came flooding back. He I'm looks like, familiar. Like, has he been in other stuff? Um, he was in ER. Oh, I never watched that. But mm, I probably, no, a while. I probably saw enough like uh, ads for it that I might have recognised him from that. Yeah. So I mean, we we thought that. The librarians was was about you know some hip librarians in an in an actual library. It turns out that it's kind of true. <laughs> it, they they are in a library. It's They're just the, library. the world's oldest library. Okay, is that what it? So so this yeah. is this knowledge that you now have from having watched these movies in the past? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, well, uh, me coming into it, uh, it, it took me a little while to realize. Oh, okay, they are in a library. They I think they were referring. To at least some of the group of people as librarians, yes. But that seemed to be like a sort of capital L librarians that they're like a team, and their team name is like the librarians. Yes. So, um, l- let's just quickly do a synopsis of of the of the show. Yeah. So in this straight away, we have um, all technology in the world is no longer working. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prospero, a a villain from a Shakespeare play has come to life and has somehow caused the whole world to turn into some magical forest and it has caused all technology to not no longer work. Um, the team come up with an idea to to go back in the past because they've got time travel in the show. So straight yes. away I'm like, awesome, we're going to have some time travel and I wanted to know which version of time travel they wanted. Apparently it was um, all versions because they had a whole room of time travels, a whole wing yes. of time travel. Which we're going to get into at great length, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> two of them, Noah Weil, the um, his name is Flynn Carson, and and one of the librarians, I believe her name is Eve Baird. Yeah, they something, yeah. they end up um, going back in time to to where Prospero first came out, and straight away the other team realise that there's no way that they can get them back because the time travel device that they used has smashed. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so the big dramatic title thing sequence is, oh yeah, that all happened before the titles, um, but yes, they they expect them to be stuck in the past and are very concerned. Prospero and some other guy talking. Now I noticed that you. So I, I wasn't sure if you'd done this in the synopsis because you wanted to reveal it later. I'm pretty sure the person you put in here as a villain was actually Moriarty. It is Moriarty, okay. but I was going to get into that a little bit later right. because every single person person we're talking about villain. <laughs> right. When well, I watched when I watched it again yesterday, there was one or two people that said Moriarty, but for the most part, he was just called villain by Prospero. Right. Okay. Because he kept referring to him as like villain. Okay. Yes. Right. Um. Anyway, continue. They've they've gone in back in time. They're straight away seen by um by two locals. They knock them out. They steal their clothes. Um, they meet up. Meet, they meet up with Moriarty, and for some reason they decide to work with him. Yeah, that wasn't super clear. Um, Moriarty's whole plan is to, in order to defeat Prospero, let's kill William Shakespeare. Yeah, before he can create him. Basically. Before he can create him, which I mean would would create a massive time paradox, and of course. That, that's that's what. Flynn and Eva are actually they're immediately talking about paradoxes about yeah, they're, they're you know, what they're allowed to do, to what they're not, not allowed to do, causality and, and which I thought, oh, good, they're they're doing something right with this, you know. And I I hate it when you know they go, oh yeah, we can go back in time and kill Hitler. It's like, well, depends on what type of 
what type of time travel you want to use and yeah we'll get into Multi, that. multiple timelines yeah versus single timeline versus yeah. blah 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 um so what actually happens is Flynn stops um stops Moriarty from from killing Shakespeare um in the meantime the other librarians realize that there's a note that they that they have in their possession that actually tells them exactly where where Prospero yeah, they basically follow is. A, follow a bunch they of follow clues some, and, some yeah. clues that they didn't realize before because they're now having to realize that Flynn was the one who sent these clues so they start realizing that yes they can look in more in depth into into this note um, they end up in the exact same place just separated by like 400 years where they immediately see Prospero hanging around in this in this place, but they they sort of go off into into the manor, and we get we get some scenes going back and forth between the past and and the future. They they both both teams are in the same place, almost working working together, but yes, not but able to talk to each other. So we've seen spread over time. figuring out these different things and making plans. Yep, because Flynn and Flynn and Eve have actually uh, saved William Shakespeare. Shakespeare actually allows uh, allows them to audition. He thinks that they're from out of town, not not from within the time. Future. <laughs> <laughs> um, they find out that Shakespeare's actually been writing with with a pen from the Tree of no- Knowledge his entire time. Hence, why he's the world's most awesome pra- uh, playwright. Yep. Turns out that Shakespeare is Prospero. Yeah, he basically he's channeled has this. Has this <laughs> he kind of has this big rant. And because he's because he's got this magic pen, for whatever reason, that means that he becomes Prospero. He becomes the villain that he was writing. And they they obviously now know that he's Prospero. They they go through a few different things. The team in in the future get given some clues from the past, not knowing where they where they're coming, who sent them. They're expecting that Flynn maybe sent them to them the long way round. And they decide to set up an exorcism. Yes, because they they now know through some subtle clues that Prospero, Prospero is, is William Shakespeare, basically Hence, possessed. Yeah, they now know the same information that um, that the guys in the in the past know. There's a big fight. Somehow, Excalibur comes into the mix. <laughs> no, that was like yeah. that was the most that was awkward part about the, about the show. Flynn and Prospero have this massive fight. Flynn breaks. Breaks um, the staff with Excalibur. Prospero pretty much disappears. In in the future, the um, librarians work out, um, you know, how to how to bring Prospero to the to the place with a with a chant. They exercise Prospero, turning him back into William Shakespeare. Yes, who is now in the current time. Now in the current time, there's a time bubble that comes up, um, or a paradox bubble. Paradox um, bubble. Yeah, this is another kind of ridiculous thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll get. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and William Shakespeare goes through this. They find out that Flynn and Eve cannot come th- come back through the other way because the only paradox was the fact that William Shakespeare was in the future, not in the past. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, turns out that there's a room at at the library that has always housed Flynn and Eve in a in a sta- as, as a, a statue. statue. And William Shakespeare, as as one of the last things he did with this magic pen, was to turn them into this statue with certain ways of breaking the spell everyone everyone lives happily ever after at the library yes that's pretty much the whole thing that was about two and a half minutes maybe a little bit more so it's yeah. better than the synopsis that I wrote <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine um, yeah hopefully hopefully that was not too uh, tedious but we thought that this time 
uh, it would be better to sort of upfront know the general story and then we can kind of discuss what baffled us, what we thought was funny, weird, strange, jumping into this show out of mostly nothing. Nothing from my part, point of view. And in for the first, like, three minutes, not much until I realised exactly... Until you recognised that guy went, wait a second, and went to your big wall and look, look of up DVDs. And there's my, my wall of DVDs and I'm like, it's, it's that show, that movie. I bought it from, like... Uh, what's it called? Video Easy a while ago. <laughs> Back when they <laughs> were still a thing. Before they shut down. So, I've I've got a I've got a love of time travel. Okay. So this was right up your alley. The amount of TV shows and stuff that have done time travel wrong pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm I'm amused that you're just like it's wrong, it's wrong. There's no room for, you know, some some shows just do it wrong as if there's. The, the, it's if we know exactly how time travel oh, yeah. works. And, <laughs> and I know exactly how time travel works. Of course. All, all you got to oh, do Oh, haven't we told is... our audience Trevor is actually a time traveler? Yes. So, I I like to go down pretty much pretty much the Doctor Who way of thinking. You know, there there is there is pretty much a single timeline, and what is what what has ever happened or is ever will going to have happened. <laughs> Has already Whatever happened. is will going to have happened. <laughs> yes. So basically, it it sounds as though free will isn't isn't actually part of it, but yeah. So it's it, sort it of is, a somewhat you can't deterministic just... timeline yeah. where yeah, even if you even if you go back to try to change something, you can't actually change something because you were there the first time around and didn't change it. Yes. Okay. And if you do change it, then you create a paradox and blah, 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 blah. There's, there's a few Well, okay, that... see, that, <laughs> that that changes things already, though. Like There, there are things in, in um, Doctor Who that allow for paradoxes, but they're usually... Well, because, because the thing is, in if you're talking about it as part of a narrative, if it was literally the deterministic timeline, then that gets boring really quickly. Yes. So... Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, so that's your preference for, yeah. t- for time travel. Um, or I, I'm I'm a bit more. Or flexible. if you do if you if you do the multi if you do the multi dimensional thing, you know, the multi universe time travel, that's fine too. You know, you can you can have timeline A and timeline B, and you can make make changes, but you cannot mix them both up. One movie well... that did this was Looper. Okay, I, I haven't seen Looper recently enough to really. Well, Looper... No, I see, Looper was... Looper had some weird shit because Looper had stuff where, like, you know, they'd cut off a guy's limbs and instead of changing the entire timeline, it was just that at that at a certain point in the future, his limbs basically disappeared. Yes. So, what doesn't make sense about that is why would a guy with one leg now try to drive a car? Yeah. Like, it... it no, of course. So, that's why I absolutely hate that yeah, movie that and one, cannot stand okay. it. And the time travel so in that one was pretty ridiculous. What they tried to do is they tried to do a multi-timeline, um, multi but with single-timeline ideas, that if you did something to something in, to someone in the past that it affected them, it's like, you can't have it both ways. You've got to have it one way. So, my, my preferred time travel in a movie is probably Back to the Future... Where it, and they sort. I mean, they they sort of mix it in a sense. It's not. A, it's not that like oh, every 
uh, you know, every change you make branches a new timeline and, and, you know, the old one's gone or the old one, you can't get back to the old one or whatever. You know, there sort of is the single timeline thing except that changes tend to ripple through time. Yes. Um, Butterfly effect style. You know, it's... Um, well, kind of. It's more... Butterfly flaps its wings and the ripples are seen throughout time and... Almost, yeah. It Yeah, it's almost... You know, Marty doesn't just disappear the moment he... Um, pushes pushes George out of the way of the car and changes the timeline. It's happening. It's sort of time Gradually is, time is taking whole... a while to catch up, which means they have the opportunity to fix things. Um, and so, of course, from a narrative standpoint, that is very good. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a fairly neat and tidy time travel implementation. Um, there is the sort of multiple timeline thing where, you know, they change something in the past, jump forward, and now everything is different. But that's, it still sort of makes sense. It's it's not really a multi-timeline thing. It's more just, oh, well, you changed that thing, jump forward, and saw the results of it. And yep. so to fix that, you have to go back to where the original change was to basically bring back. And try to fix. But you cannot then go back and you know, change that one event that you did already fix because you're already there yeah. making the mistake in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, I quite like that as well. There are there are certainly times in Doctor Who where the same thing sort of happens yeah. where I haven't watched someone Doctor changes Who, something. So I know that's bl- Some, I know someone that's changes blasphemy. something for the for the um for what they think is the good and it turns out that um either that the time self corrects itself or like there's Oh wait, episode. that's happening now, his name's Trump. <laughs> There's one who episode. went back in time to try to kill Hitler and brought about Trump like who was it come on own up <laughs> well I think it was Ben oh that's you <laughs> ah shit wait was it me from the future because I don't remember doing that yeah it's you from oh, the future fuck. five minutes to be exact <laughs> five minutes I'm going to disappear from this podcast go back in time try to kill Hitler and somehow bring about Trump Yes, unfortunately. Ah, fuck. And because, just like in this show, we're keeping to a single timeline theory, you have already done this. <laughs> so you, there's nothing you can do about it. You just gotta, you just gotta suck it up. Right. So am I gonna just pop back in? Like, do I just come back to the same time? Yeah, yeah pretty much. You come. You you're only gone for I believe it's five seconds in this in this in this particular show. They right. they said you know you'll be gone for five seconds. Oh, and yes. Then you come back, and then. Gruff McGruff, the time dog, did a little uh, countdown. Yeah. That guy, well, since we're on it, and since we're sort of just jumping around to moments instead of going through bit by bit, that guy was hilarious. Yeah. So one of the sort of the Scooby gang of these librarians is just guy, gruff guy in a beanie. And he just, he just talks like this. And he just (laughs) says some exposition. Yeah. So I I like to call him... I like to call him Captain Exposition. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he's he's actually he was just a funny a funny guy. He's been in a few other shows. I'm not sure exactly what I his was going to look it is. up. Was he in Numbers or something? Anyway, that's something like that. I'm not. He was in one up. of those sorts of shows. We won't look it up on air, but yeah. The, so the rest of the sort of team were not. You had the nerdy guy. You yeah, had, they weren't particular. They didn't particularly do much. I mean, obviously they're sort of the, the, the supporting female. cast. <laughs> Yeah, the fast-talking female, the nerdy Aussie. He was Aussie, right? Like I he swear he was. <laughs> Very Aussie. Um, which felt totally out of place in this show. And I mean, Aussie accents just tend to do that in a in an American show. But um, it didn't quite make me cringe, but it definitely stood out. Um, so yeah, there wasn't really much to say about that supporting cast. Um, except for 
the so there was this butler guy. I called him butler guy. <laughs> I think it turned Who? out his name was Jenkins. Yes, I think but, um, I think it was Jenkins. As we went through it, he kept mentioning things. I'm like, okay, so who is this guy? He's obviously some sort of whatever Flynn is because he's talking about being in the past with him and, and having been around for a long time. Now, he... Because, yeah, like Excalibur came up and he was mentioning, you know, that he'd known someone who wielded Excalibur. So I started thinking like, oh, is he like one of the Knights of the Round Table or something? Like, is he Lancelot? Um, but then later on... Yeah, it said his name was Jenkins. So I'm, I didn't actually figure it out. I maybe, don't know who the fuck he was. Jenkins Lancelot or Lancelot <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> Lancelot I, Jenkins. I, 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 <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah. so, uh, so what were your thoughts? And, and you might know this having seen uh, the previous movie things. What the hell is Flynn? And like, why is he possibly immortal or why has he been around for so long is he just a time traveler is he a time lord like what's um from what i remember he's actually like linked to the library itself okay um which is what jenkins is as well like jenkins has been around for many years and they actually ask him at one stage oh so you were you around in 1614 you know can would would flynn be able to find you at the library he goes no i was i was having my midlife crisis at this oh yeah he was like like, somewhere else yeah um, so that was that was quite an interesting um, interesting way of for the end how they um, how he never knew what what would eventually come to pass with the statue because he wasn't in the library when it when the statue got sent. Um, so I believe yeah, well he said there was behind this locked door that he said had already always been locked and had nothing written on it, and then yeah, this message comes up and and they yeah, open so. It. I haven't watched the movies in a long time, but from what I do remember, that Flynn is actually linked to the library, and therefore, you know, he has he has something, um, some mystical connection to the library. Right. So he's sort of some sort of guardian or manifestation of the library, or some sort of, protector. and hence why he has full knowledge of everything that's in the library. Um, my favourite part was was probably right near the start when they go into their time travel wing. Hang on, wait. <laughs> I just got back from the past. Did is Hitler dead? Well, did it um, work? Well, he died in like nineteen forty something. Oh shit! <laughs> so wait, the war still happened? Yeah, the war still happened. And what's the state of the state of the politi- political landscape today? Yeah, so Bernie Sanders and <laughs> uh, just kidding. There's uh, Clinton and Trump. <laughs> oh shit! It didn't work then. All right, on with See, the podcast. No matter what happens, there, there was a whole adventure that I just had. I've been gone for you. Yes, but let's just continue the podcast. <laughs> so, as we were saying just before you left, um, you may have remembered just before you It's been left, a couple of years since I've saying. watched this show now, so I might yeah. be a bit rusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite part was right near the start when they went into the time travel wing. Yes, there were a few good references um, there. And and thing is even if you didn't get the references they had musical cues in the background it was like oh that's just perfect yeah so basically so, they come into this yeah there's this whole time travel wing and they're talking about how they've got they've got all the all these time machines there that they've basically disabled to make sure that nobody can travel through time anymore because it's so dangerous uh, as as what they said like the first time travel time traveler found out what was that reference there was something there um, oh, it was a time-traveling talking dinosaur. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's a picture of the first time-traveler and it's this velociraptor 
basically implying that you know he this velociraptor changed the world so that uh you're not telling the most awesome part about it he was wearing a top hat (laughs) and dressed (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty amazing and Um, and and it was just like a throwaway line and then for the rest of the episode the the um you know the the talkative female just kept on going on about were we dinosaurs were we dinosaurs Yeah, and I I just thought that was perfect. So yeah. you you see a TARDIS, you see well something okay, looking like a TARDIS. I didn't notice the TARDIS. The main one I recognised was they lift, the lift, DeLorean. Yeah, they lift a flap, <laughs> and you see the out of time uh, number plate of the DeLorean. And yeah, yeah, I think there is a little musical sting. There is, and um, just before just before they do the DeLorean, you see the blue post box. Right. <laughs> yeah. So nice. when you, it's just little things like that. It was it um, was a pretty clever show. They had a lot of nice little jokes that they didn't, yeah, make obvious. There's just sort of these throwaway things that if you caught them, it's like, oh, that was pretty funny. Um, there was another thing when when they were fighting the fighting the two guys. I'm not sure whether you saw it, but Flynn actually went in for a Vulcan nerve pinch. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. And I was just like, Would, that is awesome. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did the whole like. Um, Captain Kirk's double punch move. Did you do one of those? Um, not seen, that I noticed. Seen that in like every episode of the of the original series when Kirk's fighting someone, he does this thing where he like links his hands together and, and whacks <laughs> him in the back or something. It's his signature move. He, he probably did. Yeah. I, I, I've watched it twice, but it's um, yeah. There's still a lot of little things you don't pick up on. And and look, there are certainly things in this show that. That didn't make sense, but we'll go through all the all the awesome things that we that we did like first. Yeah. So one the one thing I thought was funny before they went back in time, there's some there's some line about like, oh, you've all trained for this, and I'm like, wait, you've trained like so what? There's like an accredited organization that trains people to fight fictional characters that are trying to mold the world in their image. <laughs> like they went they went and did a, they went and did a TAFE course. On <laughs> defeating <laughs> manifestations of fictional creatures, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. You know, I thought they they handled time travel pretty well. Like they kept to a single timeline theory, and for the most part, it seems as though they've gone with the idea that Carson, well, Flynn and Flynn and um and Eve have gone back in time and have always been have always travelled back in time yeah, and they were basically. there at the start of this and and well there's the whole thing with the locked door having always been there the note and the note that they you know they just they didn't understand it the, was Flynn's left hand writing yeah. because and it's it's quite funny he puts his hand in something and is trying to remember something and so he's writing down scribbling with his left hand she realises that it's his left hand writing that that's on this note that they obviously found earlier in the season and it's like you know little things like that is yeah it's kind of neat you know they, they'd obviously yeah the idea being that they weren't supposed to figure out that what this what the significance of this note was until now and they and the, until they, this particular point yeah and, and, that, that they, and they made points of you know talking about you know we cannot kill William Shakespeare we cannot do this we cannot do this and and said if we do this we will cause a, a paradox and and cause like time and everything to unmake itself yeah so although they, oh, well, well i mean we'll get to the paradox bubble later i guess yes yes i've i've got a i've got a way out of that very very easily okay it's so easy what they could have done <laughs> but anyway we'll we'll get to the things that that didn't quite work in this show yeah 
I th- I thought for a Canadian show it, it had Oh, it's Canadian. Good, I didn't realize. Yes, it had some okay. had some good um it's probably filmed in Vancouver. Good effects and Yeah, the effects were the effects were fine. The it it moved rather fast. Like Yeah, a lot of shit happened. So much happened. In fact, they probably could have ex- expanded this over two episodes. Like I I started thinking, "Oh, geez, they've got so much story that they're trying to just cram into this." Yeah, I mean, I guess being the season finale they probably, you know, there was always there was going to be a lot happening, but part two, you know, they had so much going yeah. on, and I think because they did that, they they actually skipped a, a few things that they really should have gone into a little bit. I more. mean, well, it's that's interesting that you say that because are you saying that because we're jumping straight into this at the end of season two? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, like so, I had. I had theories basically I, after they'd just gone back in time I was trying to figure out what the hell you know what the hell's going on who is this main guy whose name I hadn't realised yet um, you know I thought is he a fictional character from a book too I didn't think he was because they'd sort of they talked about fictionals as some sort of almost a race of creatures these <laughs> fictionals and they sort of they weren't referring to so him you, as so you that. got your, your dwarf your orc and fictionals yeah well kind of <laughs> like it was obvious that there was some sort of way for for characters from books to come to life and that that was something that they, you know, I'm trying to figure out if that's something they're fighting regularly, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really know. And so, yeah, I'm just, is he just a librarian? Like, is he, like, he basically did seem like a Doctor Who-esque Time Lord at this point, just based on what we'd seen and that he could travel through time and seemed to have all this mystical knowledge. And and he seemed to know everything about time travel. Yeah. And, um, and had been around had, for a long had time. Had been talking about how we need to, we need to find Excalibur and and yeah yeah, it's this weird mishmash of sort of I mean it's mostly yeah this lore sort of fantasy and stuff yeah they they obviously had all this lore around it which was kind of interesting, which you know I think I think going with the William Shakespeare way and obviously this Prospero character has been the big bad for the season yeah I suppose and so. And so they've only just worked out who who he is, and that's why they were able to now go back in time to when he first came came to be. Obviously, before they didn't. I, I'm guessing that they didn't actually know know who that this was, was actually Prospero. This was Prospero and, yeah. Um, which I suppose we haven't actually mentioned yet. Prospero is actually from a William Shakespeare play called The Tempest. Yeah, I knew that much. That's about all I knew. The only thing I know about The Tempest is is from a Cirque du Soleil show that I saw that was loosely based around the story of The Tempest, but mm-hmm. there was no actual story in that. It was it was all acrobatics, so it didn't really tell me much about the characters. So, so I knew of the character Prospero yeah. from The Tempest as well, and so when you get to a William Shakespeare thing and they say The Tempest, that's not the name of this play. It's called <laughs> The Triumph of Prospero. I'm like... Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, that I'm was like, kind of amusing. Well, this this is all of a sudden taking a turn, and now we know where Prospero sort of comes from. You know, it's this he's coming to life because this this whole. Well, that was interesting when he said that, and this is sort of re- this is sort of resolved later. But when he said that, he's like, "What do you mean? What the Tempest? That's not the name. The name is the Triumph of Prospero." I was like, "Wait a second, so if." Shakespeare was calling this the Triumph of Prospero, then turned into Prospero, and then spent all that time being Prospero and is now in the future. How does anybody know about the play The Tempest? Right? Mm. So I'm thinking, is this one of these time travel things where, like, yeah, how They've how is up. this working? <laughs> um, 
but of course that ends up being resolved and we'll maybe let's let's just since we're talking about the general paradox and stuff so yeah it ends with this paradox bubble appearing because apparently william shakespeare now being in the future has created a paradox and the only way to resolve it is for him to jump through this bubble and end up back in the past where he came from to live the rest of his life where he was supposed to Mm -hmm. now and, and i mean that if we just take that as given that basically that resolves my other issue. It's like, oh, okay, he went back, he renamed the play, he finished it then, and the rest of his life was as we know it. What I didn't understand is why is that a paradox? Because that's kind of just the way time went. It's only a paradox because as we know it now, Shakespeare lived his life, the rest of his life in the past. But the only reason he lived the rest of his life in the past is because he now went through this paradox bubble which is no longer a paradox bubble. Which shouldn't have been a paradox. Like the par- the paradox bubble being there itself is almost a paradox. <laughs> so, I believe that they just came up with this idea because they literally were so short on time. I mean, yeah, they just needed a way to be like, oh wait, Shakespeare's now in current time and has lived as a wizard for four hundred years. Um, how do we fix that paradox bubble? There we go. So, I I can give them a little bit of little bit of leeway because it was easier than them going okay let's go to the time travel wing let's get this let's get this time travel device we'll we'll send you back in that that's literally all right yeah i guess they've got this whole wing but rather than spending those you know five five extra minutes they could spend a minute and a half sending you through well it meant they got to create and it meant they got to create all this sort of false drama well, not necessarily oh, false, but we're never seeing the oh these yeah that the that Eve Flynn and, Flynn and are, Eve again are stuck in the past. Um, they you know they had their goodbyes. It was very teary. And then you know there's there's a couple of couple of problems within within the library. Um, one room's inside out, and and a, a couple of other things. So obviously there's been some problems with with this whole this whole time travel and and foresty thing that's gone on, but. Your your favorite character, the guy in the beanie, <laughs> he um he says, oh um, I believe you've got the key to the locked door to the locked door, and he goes, no no, no he I says, the... I believe you've got the key to the locked door, <laughs> and he goes, um and John Larroquette goes, no, or Jenkins, Jenkins is played by John Larroquette, and I was actually happy to see someone I recognized. Yeah, I recognized <laughs> him. I didn't know his name. He's kind of one of those guys who you just seeing stuff. How could you not know his name? He's from Boston Legal. Uh, oh, yeah. He was good in that. That's a good show. Very good in that. Very good character. It's the second Boston Legal reference we've made in this podcast. I think for having only done 14 episodes, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Because we both love Boston Legal. It was good. So anyway, they, it turns out that um, there's a certain certain bit of oxidization on this, on this particular plate. Yeah, they came up with this whole thing that there's some copper alloy written into it yep. as a message that only that took this long to oxidize i love the aussie guy says something about time delayed metallurgic cryptographic message sent from the past wow it's just but i actually learned something like i didn't realize that the statue of liberty was originally shiny oh, yeah and i'd heard that wasn't originally green yeah um i just immediately thought that it was always green mm. but it turns out that it's oxidized and and has turned green over over time and originally it was like it's some sort of shiny copper alloy yeah so cool. that was so actually educational this show almost like going to a real library 
Yes. Um, so anyway, they, they walk inside and they see this statue there and the talkative girl talks and, oh, by the way, the statue, Flynn and Eve are, are literally embraced in a, in yeah, a, in a kiss and the spell breaks and they're like, well, we've actually been here the entire time, 400 years, blah, 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 blah. They recount the story of how they, how they got there and like for once, like this is a show that they could have ended as you know, this could have been the final, yeah, I'd, final episode. I don't know if it was one of those situations where they didn't know they were getting a third season, but um, they kind of, yeah, they left it open. It was like, all right, everyone's going about their business to keep trying to sort of decipher the mysteries of this library. Um, Excalibur is apparently a floating puppy dog now, following Flynn around, and is gradually getting stronger and stronger and stronger, right. and presumably that will go somewhere in season three. Most likely. So, for the most part, yes, there were some good things, but there were some there were some things that that worried me right. a little bit. Right. We've been going a little bit long, but let's let's you have your little rant. <laughs> what bothered you? Okay, so at the start they're going on about how you know all technology is eliminated and through the creation of this magic forest. Two seconds later, they show a news report on some. TV screen it's like hang on all technology is supposed to not work no no they explained that away they explained it by saying that there's a buffer up there but it's like it doesn't explain how this technology down here is actually working yeah okay that's true <laughs> so it's kind of silly it's kind of silly and they've just you know they've broken broken that whole that whole thing magic um, yeah so magic a wizard did it the only reason why Moriarty gets sent back to the past is because for some reason as they make it back to the past Prospero and and Moriarty see like in in the garden where they are, they see, you know, figures walking around. Oh yeah. So this they see figures, it's like they're not spirits. Someone has travelled through time. Yeah, and it's like someone's going for a walk through time or something like yeah. that. And it's like, what? And then they never show how Moriarty gets back gets to the past. Presumably Prospero is just that powerful a wizard. Yeah. Okay, so Moriarty um, it turns out is a robot. No, that was a. Termi- they actually make mention of it no, no, at no, one no. stage. That was a Terminator reference, dude. Oh, was it? Yeah, because he oh. says, "Come with me if you want to live." And then Eve says something about, um, you know, oh great, like evil, evil robot villain or something, just what we needed, something yeah. like that. No, okay, I think, so there you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that in my notes. That was a yeah. That was a that was a, that was a reasonable one then. Yep. Um, okay. Although that could, that would have I mean it wouldn't have surprised me if he was a robot. Like whatever, this show's all over the place with with different technology and stuff. Oh yeah, this, this show, like the another thing that that really was kind of bad was they arrive at this um, at this Pembroke Garden, which I thought was kind of funny because we, we went to, to Pembroke High School, Pembroke Secondary College. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Pembroke, awesome. Um, they see Prospero walking in the garden. They're like, oh, we'll just go this way. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, there's, there's the bad guy. And you're like, okay, we're, we are literally going to stay in this area. And no no other mentions made of it. Like this, at any time, all Prospero had to do was like turn around, go to the manor. And it's like, oh, there, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't quite work for me. It would have, um, they, they could have been a different way around that. Oh, sorry. You're talking about them in the, in the, in the present future. time, right? 
Okay, yeah. I must have missed so the, that. The, 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 the librarians actually walk, like, somehow make it to England from wherever they were. and um, The library is everywhere. They make it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, they see Prospero in the garden and they immediately say, oh, I think we should go over this way. We should go away from the evil wizard. <laughs> and it's like... How how the hell? So apparently he can <laughs> sense when people turn around. And apparently he can them. sense when people jump through time, but not when someone's hiding in the bush behind him. <laughs> there are a couple of times when they're hiding in the bush and the camera pans across and you see them literally hiding there and they've just <laughs> heard heard some story. Um, the worst, the worst part. Okay, drowning the book. Well, okay. That must be a reference to the Tempest, though. Yeah, it is. But I think no. The the worst part about it was the scene that happened directly after that. Like she uh, she's yeah. putting the book into the water, and and Prospero goes, "Well, oh, if you're gonna dr- drown my book, then you, you know, do it the right way or something. Do it the right way in the water and throws her into the water, which is a little fountain. That yeah, she wouldn't actually somehow be able it becomes drown a in, deep, but deep, somehow. deep thing, and then she. Sees the lady in the lake. Yeah, I guess. Who gives and her a scalabar? Excalibur, and then she ba- is... and then she comes up like as the lady in the lake, basically with a scalabar. And it's literally okay. the The only way that they can get out of this is is if they have excalibur. Oh, look! Here's, here's a here's a a lucky plot device. That I mean, Prospero has just given them. <laughs> I guess to be fair, that's kind of what excalibur is, at all. Like, yeah, you need a sword. Oh. The lake will give you a sword. He is the most powerful magical instrument in history, or whatever. So, look, there there were a few a few things that were that were bad, but that's about it. Yeah, no, you know, it was good. I I've considered going back and starting from the beginning. I, I I actually haven't looked up any of the history of what's happening because because I might spoil things, but. Hmm. We can talk about them if you want. I don't know if you've looked up sort of at least where it all started. No, I haven't. But I guess you've seen those movies. Do you know? Like, it's just that this is a mystical old library. and Well, I'm I'm actually going to go back and watch the movies again and then watch the TV shows from the start yeah. because, you know what? Um, this reminds me of the of the TV series Warehouse 13, which yeah, okay. I watched all the way through yeah. um, and absolutely loved. And when the fifth season finished, I was very, very upset because that show was actually, you know, really good and was adventure and 13 episodes each season. It was just perfect. Yeah. So this could fill that spot. So we'll, I'm, I'm definitely thinking of going back to the start, but I found out that Noah Weil, who plays Flynn, is actually just a recurring character. So he doesn't, he's not actually one of the main characters. Oh, uh, really? So they've, they've, he was in all three in the movies, movies and, and then, then they've like done a basically a spin-off series with these other people and he just shows and up And he comes in every now and again. Right, okay. So it's just because it was a big episode being the finale that he was even there. Um, from what they were saying, he was in like the final two episodes and like the first three episodes or something like that right. out of the ten episode season. Okay, so it's it's Rebecca Romjan who's sort of the main the lead then generally, is it? Yes. Yeah. See, I, I find it so weird because I, I always remember her as Re- Rebecca Romjan Stamps. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, I had to think about it before I said anything. Um, which, you know, I'm I'm actually going back through watching Full House at the moment <laughs> with the wife. 
Uh, um, I feel pity for you. <laughs> it's actually not a bad show. Like oh, it's no, I couldn't watch it. I used to watch it. There'd be a bit of nostalgic stuff there for me, but I don't think I could sit th- through it. The laugh track and... The no, cheesy. the laugh track is pretty hard. And and we, we keep finding, like, the B-plot doesn't always get resolved. Right, <laughs> <laughs> forget about it. Whoops, whatever Uncle Joey was doing, we've forgotten. Yep, and and so matter. I'm, I'm sure that we could actually, you know, pick it apart with, with this, but for something just silly to, to just watch every now and again while James is in the room, you know, it's... Yeah. yeah it's not fair. too bad. Does he like so it? Does James like it? He likes the music at the start <laughs> and will sit there and, and sort of not complain if it's on. Has he learned the catchphrase yet? How rude! Oh, that's um, thanks for that's one of. Thanks for saying it. I <laughs> couldn't actually remember what it was. Just that's knew there was one. How you rude, it, dude! <laughs> yeah. There's there's lots of funny little catchphrases uh, in there. Funny. Hmm. I'm not sure that's the right word to describe them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To each their own. Yep. No, I mean I love that kid. I love that kid, not that kid. That's not what I meant to say. I love that show. Um, when I was a kid, that's what that's where kid came from. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love that show when I was a kid, and many others like it that I could probably not sit through now. Although, you know, Home Improvement, that show was good. I liked Home Improvement. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I could probably. I'm hoping watch that, that it's on Netflix or something yeah. like that because I wouldn't mind going back through now, that. That and... they should do a reboot of. Bring back Tim Allen. Bring back Richard Kahn. <laughs> Bring back. I'm, ne- I'm now remembering the um Wilson. the episode of a, a certain podcast that we listened to <laughs> a little yes. while ago that was talking about it. A certain podcast that we steal ideas from. Yes. See, see if you can work out which one it is. I think we have mentioned it before. That's the game for this week. That's your homework. All right, so I think we will leave it there for this week. Another week of two sweary dads. So you can visit us at our website, www.twosweerydads.com. You can find us on Twitter at twosweerydads. Facebook.com slash twosweerydads. You can email us uh, any questions, anything you want us to talk about. Hit us up on any of these things, but the email is podcast at twosweerydads.com. I suppose we should say big shout out to Kuradust of which we are part of for our <laughs> yes. opening and exit songs um, opening being Tonight Party Tonight and closing being oh what's that song <laughs> Predictive Text of the album Containment Failure yes find it at crewdust.net um, any final thoughts Ben why did Whiskers O'Fluffins have to die go ask your mum 